Welcome to the People First Leaders Podcast. My name is Doug Utberg, Marine Corps veteran, founder CEO of ExpenserDeuce.com, and I have absolutely nothing to sell you. The purpose of this commercial-free show is to honor the leaders who approach life as go-givers by putting their people and customer value first. Stick around until the end of the show, and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in about 20 minutes. Let's go. We have Steve Gilman with us today, and what we are going to be talking about is the hidden secrets to upskilling your workforce. And the reason why I think this is really important today is because A, the learning and development and skill building programs at most companies, I'm just going to be blunt, are terrible. And the engagement that a lot of people feel to their companies is even worse. A lot of people have talked about the quiet quitting problem, which is basically where disturbing percentage of the workforce has basically decided they're going to do the bare minimum to get by at their job, which basically means that worker productivity rates right now are at not all-time lows, but getting darn close. So anyway, the good news is that there is a better way, and that's what Stephen is here to talk with us about today. So Steve, please introduce yourself and let's get things rolling. Hey, Doug, thanks for having me. I'm very much looking forward to the conversation. I wake up every day thinking about this stuff and as an entrepreneur, building solutions for it. So I couldn't be more excited. We're at an interesting time in the world, but our team basically puts together the best technology to solve the hardest problems. I think corporate training and workforce development is one of the toughest problems we have out there, especially with the tight labor yeah. market and economy stabilizing now. Because of course, the way that a lot of corporate training platforms go is they say, okay, we're going to give you access to lynda.com or now LinkedIn Learning. They go, all right, go knock yourself out. Then, then, of course, if you want to buy a $12.99 book on Amazon, then you need to get discrete permission from your manager, which they may or may not decline. And then that second level may or may not decline it. Of course, I think one of the things that you address is that if you as a leader are having back and forth machinations over spending $13 to develop your people, you're probably not qualified to be in a leadership position. I think that's right. And I don't think everybody is enabled to invest in their direct team or overall workforce as much as they need to be. Nail it on the head. I mean, you look at the past 20 years, learning management systems came to fruition, but they largely concentrate on compliance and yeah. required training. And they've slowly evolved to what more people are looking mm -hmm. for nowadays, which is traditional professional development. How do I yeah. upskill beyond where I am now or learn a new skill? It's hard to blend those two. When you work for a big corporation, and someone pushes an LMS on you, like Cornerstone, great example, a good company. It's required training. It is checkbox training. It is the minimum requirements to be there. Having an employee think that stands for their actual professional yeah. development and growth over time is hard to do. So we have a different solution that stands separately. And we're trying our best to align yeah. company goals with employees and where they want to go. I'm going to go back to some of the stuff we were talking about in the pre-show. And correct if you have a disagreement here, but for me... I think that what you learn as a part of professional development actually isn't that important. What's really important is that it's something that really gets you engaged and gets you jacked up about going to work on Monday and put giving 120% every day. If you accomplish that, it doesn't matter what it is. You could be going to a Tony Robbins event. You could be learning about something utterly unrelated to your job, but if it creates engagement, enthusiasm, and gets you to, to go from 40% or 60% engaged to 100% engaged, it's valuable. 
it's tremendously valuable, but nobody seems to understand that. They want to be able to show a direct line from, okay, I've spent $20 on this person's training. How am I going to get more than $20 back in the next 30 days? Yeah, I think it's interesting because everyone talks about the direct ROI, the direct impacts of dollars in dollars. And there's larger stats, right? Some you can believe and some you can't about companies being profitable because they invest so much in people. Yeah. I think the the staggering piece of all of this is that what you had mentioned is like, you're trying to inspire people and do it with learning. So they come back jacked up. So if someone needs a skill now and wants someone to fill that skill, there may or may not be required training that allows them to get that, but it's hard to certify people in that anyway. Everyone's very capable, especially in the knowledge working world to learn the next piece. You're actually just trying to inspire people with learning. And so if you learn what you want, when you want in the format you want, right? Book, podcasts, conference, anything like that, you're achieving a great deal and you're getting that person closer to what's going to help them in their career path. We hope to take all the data and put it together and help people via software. But we're years and years away from here's a skill, go get it. Here's the next skill, go get it. Got it. It doesn't happen like that. That's yeah. not how people are transformed. That's not why people went to college to get the job to work at your company anyway. I don't think that you can put learning development into a formula and have it apply to enough people for it to be meaningful. There are some people who the formula will work okay for. Generally speaking, I'd say that's less than half. And it's definitely not the half, and it doesn't include the people who have the most complex or difficult to codify or really describe skill sets. And so I think that there is just a necessarily individual track that a lot of people need to take. And I think that big leap that leaders really need to get to is that means you're just going to have to dedicate some resources and then trust your people. And then really get that value from them being engaged in the learning process, not necessarily from the specific applicability of every individual thing they've learned. And I think one of the best ways to look at it as, as the engagement in traditional platforms like LinkedIn learning or an LMS yeah. is declining, we've seen a rise in, especially with the need for technical talent and with the tight labor market a rise in these stipends that you mentioned. Hey, Doug, Steve, here's your individual dollars. Get it signed off and go. Dirty little secret is managers don't care what we're going to do as long as it's educational and for our growth. Yeah. But there's so much red tape. So we've seen a huge rise in stipends over the past few years. I've yeah. always believed they're a great solution. That doesn't mean they're administratively easy. And the cool part about stipends is when the company spends the dollars, the person's getting the benefit. If they're not spending the dollars, it's because someone's not utilizing it. So it should be a win-win, but you often see companies, maybe for no other reason that, that they haven't found the right solution, throw out dollar amounts, recruit with it. When the person gets into the company and says, how do I use my $2,500 a year? We don't have a great answer. In fact, I talked to a lot of L&D leaders that run stipend programs that advertise with it for recruiting that tell me they don't know how to use it themselves or, oh, it's too hard because we have to get reimbursed. So I don't even have a login to that system. And whether you want it or not, if you're the person in charge of putting it out there, it's just difficult. That's where we see the need for a SaaS solution. That's why if you lower the barriers and it's a win-win and you have data to back up that it's a win-win, like, of course, that's what you should be doing for your people. It just, that's the best way people have to combat it right now. Traditional professional development stipend. 
Yep. I think that's really the direction that it's going from a company perspective. What I'm also thinking about is what are the benefits, not just to the company, but also to the person of additional upskilling? I would say even if it's not necessarily directly analogous, just because I'm a very big believer that there is not a bad time to have extra skills ever. The reason being that even if you endeavor into something that is complex, which is where every career will be headed eventually, because if you continue advancing, you are going to get out of the part where you're in a single functional area and you're going to go into the part where you have to connect the dots between a whole bunch of other functional areas. The more crap you know about, the easier it will be for you to connect those dots without making some kind of biblical mistake. I like to look at it this way from a employee, whether you're an individual contributor, manager, executive, when you finish your formal education, wherever that may be, high school, college, master's, yeah. PhD, you go into a world for the next 50 years until you retire that is highly unstructured in helping you get to the mm -hmm. next step, right? And so you rely on mentorship and networks and doing the right things, even if they're not aligned with creating the yeah. most value in order to do that. We see ourselves as helping people after their formal education actually have some structure to get to where they want to go. So if I'm in brand management one day and I want to be in product a year from now, I can start at least exploring what those skills are like to see if I take two or not. I can start eliminating possibilities and I can start building possibilities. And that's just going to help me. And the cool part is it's going to help my company, my manager. It's going to help the engagement. Yeah. But no one talks about the 50 years after formal education. I know when you're in college, you don't like, you don't like to wake up to go to the 8 a.m. class, but you're doing it over four years for a reason. And maybe you're intellectually stimulated along the way and actually engaged with it. That needs to happen in professional development. I think upskilling providers, course providers, coaching service and all this know it. They just do it in their format and the best way to do it. Uh, what we're trying to do is aggregate that to put together what are the pathways you need to get to the next steps. There's no reason it can't be recommended to you like Amazon yeah. recommends it. Exactly. Okay. We've been talking about some of the benefits that accrue to individuals. What are some of the things you've seen that have been benefits from companies that are not immediately obvious? Because there's always an obvious benefit and usually there's a hidden benefit. And if the hidden benefits are always what I find to be the most interesting. So right off the bat, and you're going to see this everywhere in our value prop or companies that are in the same space, you're going to engage, you're going to train or grow right? Train and grow. You're going to retain folks. So the, uh, all the talk about like, all right, we get someone on board. Onboarding's important, obviously being on the right team, get in the right place. When you retain someone for longer than you normally would, because you're training them, you're giving them professional development, that person's going to be more productive, right? They're going to be a lot more productive in their third and fourth year than anybody could be in their first and second year over and over again. So immediate ROIs, especially for the technical types and engineers, is if you retain them over your duration, you're going to have less recruiting fees, less retraining. And by the way, the people that love professional development are the people that learn. They're your top performers. We yeah. literally have engineers on our team that have left companies to go to lower paying jobs because they invest in stipends. It's crazy, but I will leave Amazon to go to a startup because that startup's giving me $3,000 a year to upskill. That's the first cultural sign that company cares about you and your yeah. learning. There's something I want to unpack that you just said. There's a really important nugget there because what I just heard is that it's not the stipend because almost certainly the amount that you get paid at Amazon is going to be less than a startup unless it's one of these 
funny money, ridiculous valuation startups. The amount you make at Amazon is almost certainly going to be less, more than your startup. So that means you could pay for this stuff out of pocket and still be money ahead. But what I just heard is that the value was for going to a place that values learning and development enough to where there is an explicit stipend for it, meaning that there is also an expectation and tolerance of dedicating time toward continual learning as opposed to the expectation of a front to back all hours every day operational grind. Yeah, without a doubt. So we do these surveys every quarter. 57% of companies in the U.S. are providing some sort of stipend. The average is around $1,500 to $2,000 a year. Now, if you talk to people at those companies, do they all know that it exists? Do they think it's used? Would they ever pull out a personal card to fund it up front? Probably not, but there are some companies that recruit with it. Everyone there knows they're invested in, whether they use it or not. And they know that's a sign of cultural efficiency and that they're not going to be looked over for the next job, right? Because people care about what, what's going on and like that. And that's the way of the future. Not to mention Gen Z's coming into the workforce for the first time. You will see on top of competitive salary and some benefits. No one's talking about a 401k at 22. They're talking about how are you going to upskill me? How are you going to invest in me? How do I figure out how to get ahead faster? And that's cool. We're just, we're not there yet entirely. And because especially when you're talking about younger millennials, Gen Z, the younger Gen Y, Gen Z, there's another aspect that I think is kind of really important to think through also, which is that your best of that generation, a significant amount of them don't have any desire to ascend to CEO. They want to do their own thing and they're only going to be working a job long enough to get the skills to be able to jump. Well, so what that means is that, okay, yes, you're not going to retain them for 40 years. Chances are they'd go through downsizing and get let go before then anyway, just because that's how life works now. But the thing is, if you want to get their A game for as long as you got them, you better be upskilling those kids. Otherwise, they're going to go someplace where they can get it because the ones who are really ambitious, they are thinking, okay, I need, I am here to build the skill set that I need to be able to go do my own thing. And I think they're the ones who will jump for a lower salary for a place that is really supporting that, really supporting that upskilling mentality. And in a lot of ways, this is, it's not just retaining people. This is how you're going to retain your true A players in the younger generation. Yeah, absolutely. Most companies, unfortunately, learn it in the exit interview when someone's leaving. (laughs) They say, my manager was a little new at their job, didn't have the right people, whatever they say in the top three you're likely going to get, you did not invest enough. Like I didn't see the growth opportunities mm-hmm. and actually invest. Even if there wasn't a job open for me at the next level, yeah. how are you investing to me so I could find a job elsewhere? And that's unfortunately where it happens. Now we look at it from the perspective, if you are a hiring manager and we have an individual here, her name's Sarah, she's the best backend developer you've ever met. Her code is so clean. She's amazing. She's good on a team. If you say, Hey, Sarah, We give you $3,000 a year, use it or lose it, to invest in yourself. You can go to courses, conferences. That's enough money to go get an executive ed seminar, right? At one of the business schools. If Sarah sits there and goes, that doesn't really interest me. Like, I can't see myself ever using that. Are you really, like human nature, are you really going to say this person is who I want to be working with in three years? More than likely, in an interview, if they're honest, they're going to be saying, yeah, my last job, they did it really well for me. 
that's what I'm looking for out of the next company and everything else. Value alignment's just so key. You either empower yeah. your people or don't. And learning is the easiest way to do it. Yeah. And it's like you said, if you're promoting that in an interview, that's actually a really, really clever way to be able to see how self-motivated someone is. Because for example, a very easy interview question to add on would be to say, okay, we have a $2,000 per year learning and development stipend. So I would like to know if you're brought on board, what would you plan on doing with it? That right there is a very illustrative open-ended question. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you get stunned silence, chances are you don't have a self-motivated learner. Even if someone says, oh, wow, my last company promoted that, but it was too hard to do. I hadn't thought about this, but you know what? Before I come to work, right? Day negative yeah. one before I get there, I'm going to do some research, ask my friends, look on LinkedIn yeah. for see what other people are doing. And I'm definitely going to go after and use that. I always yeah. have time over the holidays. I like taking breaks Friday to do that early in the morning. You're going to be able to tell whether that person's motivated to learn. If they're motivated to learn, they're motivated to help the company. Exactly. And I think this is a little hidden benefit here from the podcast episode for anybody who's putting that stipend into practice, build it into your recruiting process. That's going to help you figure out who's, who's really engaged because the people who are engaged with developing themselves are going to be engaged with creating value for your company. Because if you're for major employers, the biggest threat right now is the number of people who just aren't engaged and they're showing up, they're doing enough to not get fired, hopefully, but they're not really engaged. They're not putting a hundred percent in because they, they just don't see it. They don't see that, that future. They don't see that upside. One of the, so directly with our solution, like a software solution that takes care of the administrative pieces and shows you are one of the deep hidden benefits that we always, I love when a manager messages us and said, this is great. I found it. We have much like in the normal stipend process where you have to email your manager and say, this is why I want to take it. Here's a link to it. It costs $10 yeah. who in finance who I've talked to. We have a little one line justification. It says, Doug, if you want to take this class, what's your reasoning? And you're going to pick three classes. You're likely going to purchase them as soon as it, they're approved. And you're going to write why. This is a skill I've always been looking for. My friend took this and said, it's great. I know other people on the team have done this. When you start to compile that information, the people that aren't normally out talking to their manager every day about the skills they need, because people are always busy, managers can see that and be like, wow, this person needs a Salesforce certificate because they're in operations, but they've been having a hard time talking to the sales. This person wants to get more into product because they find creative outlets being interesting. All right. This person needs more soft skills. I can tell because they just ordered five Amazon books. And if someone's not engaged and they pick something out and barely put a justification or just, yeah, whatever, it's a book. I want to look good on paper. You're going to know. And so people don't do it. When managers are involved, people are 64% more likely to follow up on tasks related to learning resources. Finish the book, finish the yeah. course. You know I'm going to get asked at some point. And if you get to choose it and your marriage is involved, holy heck, that's the gold mine. And so like, you get not only the engagement out of it, but you get a little bit into what the person's thinking as they're choosing the right resource for them. And that's been immensely valuable. Right. And, then you and because another thing that I think would be helpful too, would be that you, it wouldn't be all that hard to start to set up reporting and say, okay, what are the most common things that are being chosen by people for what desired outcome? And so, for example, I think this could be a benefit for new managers because say somebody's somebody's saying, okay, I want to be able to 
I want to be able to move over to field sales at some point. What should I learn about? Let's go see what field sales is learning. But what it can do is it can help to guide those conversations for managers who might not otherwise know what to say. And so that's like the data piece behind what it is. And I would call it, I'd even call it a hidden benefit for managers, including company administrators, right? Like who we would be selling into. What happens is it's really difficult, even for a direct manager, to know what someone wants to do. You can yeah. be really good at one-on-ones. You can suggest resources. You can do all that stuff. Great. If you have data behind, this is what other people are doing. This is how you get to the next level. We call them pathways, right? Yeah. These are the resource blocks and things you need to do to continue to scale up. Great. Who are we saving time for in the hidden benefits realm? Everyone in L&D who has no chance of knowing what the backend developer named Sarah actually yeah. needs in her training, let alone what she wants. So if we build a pathway for her and we tell yeah. learning and development, the HR function, like we got them, they're going to be doing the right things. Yeah. And by the way, as things change and there's more upskilling yeah. providers, and more opportunity, so does our system. I was going to say, I don't know about you, but every LED team I've ever encountered is 100% allocated or occupied with making sure that everybody has finished the required compliance training for the year. I have never seen any additional cycles for that, that are left over for anything other than required corporate compliance training. Yeah. And it frustrates me. Sounds like it might frustrate, frustrate you. And it's a hidden frustration of the American workforce, right? In the corporation, learning and development together usually means compliance because you have a budget. It's going to go towards compliance, not getting yeah. sued, checkbox training, and it's not going to go towards growth, which is the development piece of it. What we do is largely, we work with a lot of L&D teams, but we work largely with people operations teams, tech companies, the term that Google founded years and years ago, basically people operations stands for the individuals. And so yeah. most of our buyers are either a CEO looking for attention, a CPO, chief people officer, head of people, director of people that's in charge of empowering their people. And sometimes when they take different roles than the checkbox training, it makes it easier for them to run the program. And that's been cool to watch and see. And uh, job descriptions for someone mm -hmm. in LNG and people operations are very different. So it's, it's interesting there. Steve, this has been an awesome conversation. Can you give us one to two last thoughts before we wrap up for the day and let everybody know where they can learn more? Yeah, thanks, Doug. I think overall, we stand for employee ownership and choice. A high trust organization will trust their people to learn the right things. We actually have the data to show it. Our belief is that advanced machine learning and data science can make what's largely unstructured in professional development and turn it into something very structured. And that's our software solution. You find us at onerange.co and you'll, we make L&D people and people operations people, the leaders, the heroes in their organization. Do less, yeah. spend less, save everybody time, and your people will love you for it. And so when we get a call from an organization that says, hey, you've made us look like heroes and we haven't had to do anything because of the software solution. It's like, cool, that's the intended purpose. Your people are happy. That's the goal. And they're productive. And we have a high trust in the American workforce to keep progressing and, and love it. Love working in the space every day. Got it. Got it. Hey, Steve, really appreciate your time. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Doug. Thank you so much for listening to the People First Leaders podcast. If you are a successful People First founder or CEO who would like to be on this show, please visit peoplefirstleaders.net forward slash guest. If this interview resonated, 
Would you please share it on social media? Just take a quick screenshot on your phone and post it on your favorite social channel. Then make sure to tag me at Doug Value so I can give you and your business a shout out on a future episode. If you know somebody who'd be a great guest, please tag them on social and include the hashtag PeopleFirstLeaders. I really love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We're releasing new content and episodes all the time, so make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new episodes. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me personally. And also, I would like to connect with you on social. My handle is at Doug Value, or you can just go to peoplefirstleaders.net where all of the links are posted. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.